Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Chris Aykroyd, Senior VP of IS and CIO at Children's Health. In part one, Aykroyd talks about the exciting work his team is doing to improve the digital experience for patients and families, how he's leveraging technology business management to improve financial transparency and build strategic alignment, and the conversations he believes leaders need to have to make better investments across the board. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first, please listen to a word from our sponsor. Your organization doesn't compromise on patient care, so why compromise in the endpoints you deploy? iGel is the ultimate operating system for healthcare organizations using VDI, DAS, or SAS. And we're offering a free laptop on which to experience iGel's no compromise OS. Just visit iGel.com slash why compromise. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for taking time to speak with us today. We appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, speaking with you about what you guys are doing at Children's and, and some of your previous experience. But yeah, just wanted to get a feel for some of the things that are on your mind right now. I know a lot of people are dealing with staffing shortages, things like that. Yeah, we got a staffing shortage issue just like everybody else. Um, it's really imperative upon IS to help create efficiencies where possible, you know, shorten, shorten cycles and do more with less when it comes to people. And that's, that's internally with IS, um, to our nurses, and you know, even focusing on physicians and physician burnout and satisfaction. So there's, there's a lot with process automation, process re-engineering that we're going through, and looking at technologies we own, technologies we need to, we need to own, to implement, and how we drive that forward. And I think top of mind on top of all this is just how we secure it all. Yeah. <laughs> so those, those are some of the high level things. And, then you can't forget the flip side of um, the patient experience. And uh, we've got a lot of uh, work on our digital front door uh, that's ongoing and um, uh, launch of a new, a new children's app, uh, the combined patient portal, uh, portal and app digital front door that launched early this year. And we're taking it through iterations to continue to improve it. Okay. So that's definitely one of the areas I wanted to talk about was digital and what you're doing there. And it's it's particularly interesting to me, you know, with children's being um, a pediatric organization, so there's different considerations. Yeah, there's there's a little bit more complexity to it. You look at all the different laws that, that go around who can and cannot have access and how mm-hmm. we control that and maintain it. Yeah. Okay. And you said there's a new app that's being worked on right now or has, has been released? Yeah, so we, we did release it. It's in production now, but it is a... That reskins my charts, and that's probably not doing it justice. But we, it is built on my chart on the back end, but it is a children's health look and feel. But it combines a lot of the patient experiences that we need that you don't get through a traditional patient portal like my chart. Right. So we are providing all of the things you would expect, you know, lab results, scheduling, messaging providers, and those types of things. But it's also uh, using the intelligence we know about the patient. Um, on you know, where their appointments are and helping them do digital wayfinding from house all the way to clinic uh, through our building, how we integrate an inpatient experience when they do become inpatient and using the same map for that and really try to drive consistency in a, in a one-stop shop uh, if it were for um, all of our, our families and, and patients to manage their, their kids, sometimes multiple kids, um, through multiple appointments and chronic conditions. Yeah. Okay. And I imagine that, that there's some kind of board or committee, but how do you approach that just as far as making sure that patients and families are getting what they need, but also 
that you are in following with, with all the different regulations when it comes to access? Well, on the first part of it, you're right. It, we have structured our governance group with operational leaders, mm-hmm. and, um, and we back it up with the voice of our families through a, a family advisory network. Uh, but the technology is probably the easiest part of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do anything, but you know, the question is, is it impactful? Yeah. And do we want to operationalize it? Because a lot of this requires sometimes a change in how we do business. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the key things about that governance structure is, while the new feature sounds great, is it something we're ready to take on right now? Is it, is it the biggest focus of the organization mm-hmm. on what we need to be working on? So it is, it's a pretty robust group of people, cross-section of both of our hospital campuses, you know, VP of patient experience. And we've got our uh, rev cycle leaders in there as well. So there's a financial perspective, a marketing, marketing perspective, nursing, ED perspective. So it's, it's pretty well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And the second part of that question, I think, was maintaining that privacy. That's, yeah. that's always an ongoing discussion. Right now, we do take it very seriously. And so it, is, it does take a little bit of time to vet the relationship of parents uh, to patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've devised methods that they get. Uh, limited access to data, but not full access to data until all that can be validated. Um, and so we're looking at some automation opportunities there. Of, are there ways we can automate and, and speed the processes up? Because mm-hmm. we're pushing digital more and more to the bedside as yeah. well. So becoming an inpatient to the ED, uh, you can now get in and actually interact with your care team, see the plan for the day, order food, patient education. And we we got to get children and families into those tools quicker upon admission. Yeah, and is that something that was accelerated by COVID? I would imagine just as far as when you were dealing with PPE shortages and things like that, just being able to to leverage digital to kind of help along the communication. We did. We devised. We call it virtual rounds. We it's a it's a telemedicine product that we we developed internally Mm -hmm. for COVID, and then we've we're now migrating off of it to a um, industry standard platform versus in-house development, but initially it is exactly that of conserving PPE, allowing caretakers, care providers to have a conversation with others in a room, so whether it's the patient or parent. And of course we had, during those times, we had limited number of visitors as well. So how can you, with one parent in the hospital, assuming that there's more than one parent outside of the hospital, how can you bridge those communication gaps and let everybody talk to the, the physician at the same time? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we came up with virtual rounds, which is uh, had a lot of security wrapped around it where we could we could make the call to the room. The room could make a call outside of our hospital, but very controlled on the workflow. Yeah. But it, it really allowed our rounding physicians and nurses to manage their patient population through a single dashboard and using tablets we deployed through the room. So like I said, we've, that was custom during that time, and we're, we've moved it now to a supportable enterprise system for continuing that. Okay. And you mentioned security. Do you have a CISO or do you have like something of that equivalent? And how involved are you in that? We do. Um, we have an equivalent role, mm-hmm. uh, senior director level. I'm extremely involved. I mean, it, it is such a critical conversation and responsibility to this organization and to our patients that it, it gets an immense amount of attention from me and from our board. Mm-hmm. We have, a, we have a very strong security leader, but I'm, I'm engaged in those conversations, mm-hmm. those plans and strategies uh, on, a, on an extremely regular basis. Okay. Okay. 
looking at uh, some of the priorities now and what you what you're looking to do in the future what do you do to really kind of make sure that that is is aligned to to business operations that that's something that i think is really interesting to people that that we speak with and, and our readers so just wanted to get some of your thoughts on that fun conversation we've done a lot of work in that and it's it's from a couple different angles one of the things i noticed when i took over as cio was that the uh, the number of project requests coming through and you know asks of is help coming through and really trying to draw a correlation in strategy of, of what was trying to be accomplished. These were being submitted by our operational leaders. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to really find a strategy. And so really what that what that kind of emphasized to me was that IS needs to get more engaged at that level. we got to help drive strategy, but we also have to honestly make IT not free. In our, in our financial structure, we don't do chargeback. We just, we do a, an allocation or we did an allocation to each campus based on headcount per possible facility. So it was this big number uh, without a lot of definition around it when you look at our, our hospital leadership and trying to run a P&L. Mm-hmm. So we endeavored on a journey that uh, we call technology business management. Okay. And um, TBM is, is start off with financial transparency of what is it you're consuming by, and we do it by service line right now. So um, we look at, uh, at cancer or at heart sitting down and having those conversations on the applications that are run, the cost to, to, to maintain the apps, the project requests, and the, what does it cost to, to build these project requests, and what's the runway rate on spend. So those conversations are devised at a leader level over a service line to, to optimize that service line and open up those conversations of where they want to go. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're able now to have some more partnering conversations on strategy. When you look at a, a market leader's perspective, they look at that roll-up. So how much is each service line running them? And are we, are we investing the right way? So if they're approving projects, they should be more thoughtful in which ones they approve. And are we investing the right money in our, our programs that need the attention right now? Or are we over-investing in some areas that we don't need to? It's become a very dynamic and fluid conversation. That It was kind of eye-opening. Just a lot of our leadership didn't even know the apps that they ran, even though they mm. were the ones that approved the projects to implement them. Yeah. Yeah, so really level-setting that conversation has been eye-opening for, for both sides. Yeah. Um, it's allowed us to do some pretty good application rationalization and cut the cost. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, at its core, it sounds like it really should be foundational, having that alignment, but it's just not the case in so many uh, instances. So any thoughts on how CIOs can approach this who are kind of starting from a, a difficult point? Um. I would say my suggestion is just start the conversation. Even if you don't have the financial numbers, open up those conversations on just volume of projects and maintenance work that's done for each group and, um, and have those conversations with leaders of are we investing appropriately mm-hmm. by each area. And those are, those are eye-opening conversations when people really kind of under, start to understand their consumption and hear the message that, that IT isn't free. There's a cost to labor. There's a cost to each project. Yeah. So I would start there. Yeah. And you talked about investing the right way. Was that something that has been a challenge in your experience? Um, when I say investing the right way, yeah, it's, you know, it's very easy to put a project request in. And if there's no charge back to your apartment, then, then what was the harm of doing it? Mm-hmm. And so when I say investing the right way, it's, you know, if I told you it was going to cost you $10,000 to do your request, would you still ask for it? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not going to charge you $10,000, but if you, if you now know a number, is this the decision that would be made? Yeah. And so when you look at it through a lens like that of how many patients must 
effect or what kind of outcomes are we searching? So it's really getting down to what are we trying to achieve mm-hmm. and what are the results we expect we want to measure from it and then are we putting enough or not enough money into, into that effort? Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.